Hello, Duncan Green here with the uh, weekly roundup of posts on From Poverty to Power. We started off uh, in traditional fashion with links I liked on Monday. Um, I think the thing I really uh, liked most was a, um, a graphic there of nine forms of everyday sexism so that you can play everyday sexism bingo. Things like heap-eating, where a man repeats what a woman's just said as though it was his idea, or mansplaining, which is um, a very well-known phenomenon, and a bunch of others. Quite a nice little checklist there um, to have a look at. On Tuesday, Ricardo Fuentes, uh, the boss of Oxfam Mexico, came in with... Um, I interviewed him back in September about the incoming president, Andres Man Manuel um, López Obrador, um, AMLO, as he's known for short. Um, and there were great expectations at that point in Mexico. This was a new, exciting president promising a fourth transformation of the country. And uh, Ricardo is now writing 100 days into AMLO's presidency. And he basically says that AMLO is still very, very uh, popular. He's uh, saying the right things. He's, he's sort of speaking to the masses who are much more used to a very elitist president. Uh, and he's doing specific programs, things like cutting presidential and politician salaries and that kind of thing. But Ricardo's worried because there's no bigger picture of what is a new kind of social contract between citizens and state and uh, in Mexico. And on the contrary, the danger looks more like a drift back into the traditional Mexican form of clientelism where the president hands out the goodies in return for political support. So I think Ricardo's describing the possibilities of some kind of neo-clientelist situation where the government uh, marginalizes all forms of non-government voice, including civil society, and tries to deal directly with the people in this classic Latin American style. So that was quite a subtle and interesting piece. Um, Wednesday, Jose Manuel Rocha um, from Save the Children came in and basically put me straight. So last week I had a piece on making a nice, simple argument that the world had moved from an, uh, an, a distribution of income which had two humps to a distribution of income which has one hump. And there's lots of implications in terms of how we talk about inequality and poverty and, and how we think about the world uh, north-south or post-north-south. And Jose Manuel actually had been back to the databases and said, you know, what he found was actually the, the humps are still there between regions, that there's actually a, like a camel with four humps now, and that, uh, as he put it, poor and rich companies are still completely different. So he's saying, you know, steady on, nice argument. It just happens to be not completely true. So that was, thank you, Jose Manuel, for, for, for putting that out there. On Thursday, Fabiola Esposito from Palladium um, vented, got, got some frustration off her chest about the state of debate on gender um, and she sees the aid sector as still failing on gender on women's rights and described three bad excuses uh, and offered six good ideas so the three bad excuses are you know we're gender neutral so we don't need to think about gender yeah we treat men and women the same uh-huh um, though this is all just too hard and too technical and we don't have the capacity to do uh, to do gender properly, uh, or there's no budget for it, sorry. Um, and she's pretty frustrated by all three arguments and takes them down very nicely and then puts out some very sensible suggestions and that got a lot of pickup on social media. It was a very popular post. And then on Friday, I was kind of intrigued. I just had three Latin Americans, a Mexican, a Venezuelan, and an Argentinian uh, guesting. So I had a little muse about 
how Latin American am I? Now, I'm not at all Latin American, as you can probably tell. But I did spend my formative years, the years straight after university, I spent working on uh, living and traveling in Latin America. And then I wrote and studied and talked about and taught about Latin America for about 15 years after that. And I think that meant that it got into my bloodstream and sort of set my frame for seeing issues of development. So this was a reflection on to what extent am I just channeling a load of stuff that I absorbed from Latin America. And I think there are some clear things like the focus on active citizenship and social movements and the possibility of of bottom-up change, which is a quintessentially Latin American kind of construction. But I did sort of sometime in the um, early 1990s or mid-1990s, suddenly become fascinated by East Asia. I met and became friends with Harjun Chang. I read about um, Kicking Away the Ladder, and I started to become aware of the differences between the East Asian tigers and the Latin American countries, and started to really think about the role of the state and industrial policy, and constructed this kind of rather simplistic duality of active citizens and effective states, which was the basis for From Poverty to Power and much of my thinking. Another little element I think Latin America left me with was not being very interested in aid, being quite sceptical about aid. If you were in Central America in the 1980s, aid was on the side of the US counterinsurgency. It wasn't on the side of the people. Um, so being very sceptical about aid and not really wanting to talk about it all the time. Um, what I found since then is that well, if you find out where someone spent those formative years, the kind of years I just described in Latin America, it's not a bad guide to what their own political priorities are going to be. If they're in Latin America, they're going to be like me, you know, lefty, troublemaker, social movement, bottom-up stuff. If they've made their first, um, sort of got their first understanding in Africa, they're much more likely to talk about aid, I think, and the importance of aid and the importance of... of, 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 of yeah, um, of resource flows. If they're in, uh, if they're if they're in East Asia, they'll be talking about the role of the state and industrial policies. So I just think it's when you're chatting to someone and you're trying to work out where they're coming from, it's always worth asking them where they had their formative experience. It might um, save you some time. Okay, that's me done for the week. Have a good weekend, everybody, and I shall be back next week.